Hey, it's good to have you, everyone here today. And some of you drove from far away places. Yeah. Uh, we had a, a visitor last week. I think they were from all the way from Branson visiting with us. So exciting. As you just never know um, where the people of God will come from. Amen? We are glad to know that the Lord is in the grave anyway. Amen? Are you glad for that? <laughs> It's, uh, this is the foundation of our, of our faith. Resurrection. That's, the found, that's what we hang everything else on. And Paul said it the best. If Jesus wasn't raised, then all our preaching is in vain. Well, that's no, that would be a down and out right there, wouldn't it? Because Jesus is alive. We know the truth. and We can proclaim the truth. And we can live as though he is alive. Amen. He makes us alive as well. Amen. So last week we were dealing a little bit with Jesus' entry. Uh, we call it the triumphal entry, or we call it uh, we, you know, Palm Sunday. All that was about was he had a moment where the people were praising him and declaring him as Lord and praising laying palm branches or leaves or other things, garments. But he had a, he had a need for something. Remember what that was? He needed, a, he needed a colt. He needed a small donkey. And he asked the disciples to go and find, he said, you'll find some, a person so-and-so in such a place. You'll find this colt. Isn't it interesting how the Lord, you know, he knows all things. And uh, sure enough, the disciples got there and, Jesus tells them ahead of time, well, if they ask you why you're taking your cold, you just say the Lord has needed it. Well, something was going on because there was no fight, there was no conflict, but that cold was only used for a short period of time. So I, I took off from the thought, a borrowed cold. He borrowed a cold. So today we're going to go with a thought, a borrowed tomb. So, Bear with us, bear with me. We're going to try to figure out some things. Uh, it's always, I've been reading the scriptures throughout the week, uh, the, the, the crucifixion and on into the resurrection story, trying to get something maybe I've never seen before. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's just, you just want to search the scriptures, make sure you're not missing anything. And so I've chosen Matthew's Gospel, chapter 27, to start out at verse 57, which is dealing with a man who was rich. He was from Arimathea, and I pronounced that pretty close. And uh, his, his name was Joseph. He was a rich person. He was able to uh, have more than most people. And the verse reads in verse 58, This man went to Pilate, and he asked permission for the body of Jesus, and Pilate grants him permission. And Joseph took the body and wrapped it in clean linen cloth and laid it in his, his own new tomb, which he had hewn out in the rock. And he rolled a large stone against the entrance of the tomb and went away. On the verse 57, we read, or we, we alluded to, he had also become a disciple of Jesus. See, prior to the crucifixion, following Jesus, 
was probably fairly good or okay, or you couldn't be you wouldn't be recognized, but when he got closer to the end, closer to his crucifixion, he got more serious about following Jesus. Because your life was on the line. And so somehow Joseph was touched and became a disciple. What is a disciple? You know, this teacher. Or we're following the teacher. We're being disciples. We're, we're followers. We're learners. That's the word. We're learners. How many are still learning today? I hope so. Boy, do I have a lot to learn yet. And we'll take our lifetime to continue to learn and never stop learning. Never stop seeking. But Joseph takes something happened in his heart. What would move a man to use his own tomb that he carved out with his own hands? What would compel a person? Now, I'm doing a little, I'm going to admit, I'm going to admit this, I'm going to do a little bit of speculation. All right? Could you just think for a moment, maybe Joseph was truly convinced that Jesus would rise again. Could you believe, just believe that for a moment? Wouldn't that change all, wouldn't that make sense? Because after all, he, he needed this someday for his own body. But he recognized that Jesus said, I will, I will rise in the third day. So therefore, it makes sense to me that it's just going to be temporary. It's just going to be a couple of three days. I'm so glad for this life. When it's over with Jesus, you just begin. When this life comes to an end, when we have Jesus, you just begin to really live. And because of the resurrected power of Jesus, you and I get to live. So number one, Jesus conquers death. We know that he conquered death. Paul said the last enemy is death. And he was put that under his feet. Romans 6.23 says the wages of sin is death. That's why Jesus had to come. That's why man died in the beginning. Adam and Eve, because you disobeyed, sin entered into mankind. And therefore they died, and therefore we are born into sin. But Jesus comes to make a way for you and I, comes to begin to live in this life for a few short years, just a few, 33 or plus a little bit. But what I found in scriptures, and especially in the book of John, a couple places that Jesus does, did many other things. Many other miracles that we don't even know about yet today. And so can you imagine? Uh, Joseph is depicted here in Matthew as being alone. When I believe in the Gospel of John, that is recognized, Nicodemus chimed in. Right? So that's why you need to read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. To get more clear, every one of them have a little different angle. And so Nicodemus, remember that guy that came to Jesus at night? Why did he come to him at night? Because he was afraid to be seen. Because he was a teacher. But he also became 
secret sort of a disciple. And he shows up. That something was turning in his heart, and so he assisted along with Joseph. And so this tomb was probably built in the side of a rock, like a cliff, and then they would chisel out the, the compartment of the area, and then they would chisel out a channel like, if you can envision it's a channel like for a slab, a slab of rock that would be circular, and then that slab would be rolled down into that crevice and sealed. But nothing can keep Jesus in the ground. Amen? Nothing would hold our Lord in the ground. And that last enemy, which is death, he conquered. He overcame it. And as we see a human man, Joseph, doing his part, following with what he had belief in his heart, he had recognized that Jesus, there was something different about him. There was something that was happening in his own heart. But there, the, very, the very scripture that was fulfilled, I'll read from Isaiah 53.9. It talks about our, this is foretelling how many years prior to Christ's coming, his grave was assigned with wicked men, yet he was with a rich man in his death. Isn't that just, it's, it's, it's just like Zechariah 9, 9, when he said he would come riding on a colt. See, every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God is true. Every Old Testament, every Old Testament word and on into the New, they chime together. They work together, so therefore we can build our life on the whole Bible, on the whole scripture as it is. So if we look at death, and death is a part of this life, we can't deny it, right? Death will come, but Jesus Christ comes to give life. So how many years we, you get to live on this life is up to the Lord, but what we do with those years is what matters. How we live our attitude and how we determine it's each day that is a gift from the Lord. And so, why it was so long ago, it was so long ago, seemed yet it wasn't so long ago. You know, we were looking through some boxes the other day and come across a couple of pictures. And one, one picture is I'm, I'm sitting on the couch, okay? Levi's on my lap, he's just a little, little thing. And I got a mandolin on my lap. And then Cody's standing with his little toy guitar and looking kind of like he's trying to follow me. And I got to look in that picture. I'm looking back at time. My, 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 my. It seems such a long time ago, but yet it really isn't. And life has a way of sneaking by us. And so what I'm trying to encourage us is, Let's be awake. Let's stay focused. Oh, while we're going through this life, we know that this life is not going to be forever, right? We're temporary. Just like Jesus knew he only needed that tomb for a couple of days. We only need this body, right? For however the Lord gives us. 
And that we'll do the best we can. Because God desires for us to live for Him. I believe that the power of the resurrected Jesus can help us live better than most. Amen? The power of the Lord Jesus, I'm not saying we'll never have a bad, gloomy day, but having known Jesus, and then if you ever, if there ever was a moment where you felt like Jesus left you, it would be hopeless. You think about what did, what did Jesus really, what was he really feeling when he uttered the words, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Could it have been, could it have been that Jesus took the sin on his life that the Father had to back away for a moment and he become the sacrifice, he become sin, which he was sinless, but he took yours and I's sin. But he knew it was only temporary. Because in Hebrews it says, for the joy set before him, despising the shame, he looked forward to heaven. When he got past the cross, what was on the other side would be heaven. It would be eternity with the Father. And that is what you and I have to look forward to. Eternity with the Father. So you, if you're getting bummed out about your age, if you ever get bummed out about your age, forget about the number and say, I'm going to live forever. Come on. You're going to live forever and with Jesus in your heart. You get to live with him. He has a plan. This life is just a place to start. The beginning place. So we press on. Nothing could hold back the resurrected power. Jesus conquers death. Jesus goes to the grave, but he doesn't stay there. Jesus conquers the enemy, takes back the keys from the enemy that holds the captives. He puts Satan in his place. Remember the Old Testament you read about when Adam and Eve see, you remember that? that portion of scripture in the, early in the book of Genesis where it says Satan will bruise you on the heel. Referring to Christ, Satan will bruise Jesus on the heel. That represents the cross. But then it says, but he, Jesus, will bruise you, Satan, on the head. Right? That's Jesus overcoming Satan. He overcame him early in his ministry. When he was led by the Holy Spirit to go out into the wilderness and prepare for ministry, and Jesus, Satan comes along and tries to tempt him with eating and tries to tempt him twisting scripture and trying to get him to bow down. You see, Jesus knew all about what was going to happen. Think of it this way. They beat Jesus practically to death prior to the cross. This scripture says that he gave himself up. So he gave his spirit. 
Wouldn't have Satan have loved to kill Jesus before the cross? He laid the mess with God's plan. But he's under our feet. <laughs> we stand not in our own merit. You have the authority to pray with faith that you're going to be blessed. Your family's going to be blessed. That you can have health. That you can have wisdom. That you can have hope and peace. This power lives on today. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead is living in us. When you get to looking over into the book of Romans, you begin to see these passages that talk about how Paul was describing some of the power that was in you and I in Romans 8, verse 11. He was dealing with no more condemnation for those who are in Christ. He's dealing with the power of the Holy Spirit to help us live above our flesh, to, love, to put the flesh in its place. How many know we need that help? Amen. Our flesh, we, every day we have to uh, discipline ourselves to walk with God's help and not just plead ourselves. And so he gets to verse 11, but of the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who indwells you. Mortal bodies. You have the life of Jesus. You have a hope that will never end. We see it further on in the same chapter. He asks the question, what, verse 31 of Romans 8, what then shall we say to these things? What were the things he was talking about? He was talking about how God works by his spirit. How God helps us pray in the spirit. How God weaves all things together for good. Only God can take broken stuff and make something good out of it. Amen? Only God can, it's only God that can bring life where there's deadness. Turn things around. If God is for us, he asks this question, who's against us? It's like saying, who can stand against God? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us, how will he not also with him freely give us all things? What will be, bring a charge? Who will bring a charge? In other words, who can stand and condemn you if you have Jesus in your heart. And he goes right on down through the list. Tribulation, distress, persecutions, famines, principalities, death or life, height or depth, verse 39. Nothing, any other created, not, not a created thing shall be able to separate from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. So, Joseph took it upon himself to take care of the body of Jesus. You see, the women came early that next morning, on resurrection morning. What was in their hearts is they were going to do the final preparation. They were ready to do the the spicing thing, and wrapping, and the final thing. But guess what? You know what? It wasn't there. Oh my! They were they were confused. They were bewildered, 
And the first thought is this. They took our Lord. Somebody stole him. Right? Yet did not understand. Even the disciples. Yet did not understand. They were hiding. They were afraid. They couldn't believe it. When they heard the news, what? You're out of your mind. Jesus is alive. What? And so we read this scripture further down in Matthew 27. The next day, verse 62, which is the one after preparation, the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered together with Pilate. And they said, Sir, we remember that when he was still alive, that deceiver, said, After three days, I am to rise again. Therefore, give orders for the grave to be made secure. They're like saying, Just in case. Let's put a seal around that rock. And probably with a cord and maybe wax that would be recognized if anything was tampered with. But you know what happened? There's a song somewhere, Ain't No Grave. You know, hold my body now. Ain't No Grave. There ain't no thing in this world. Can keep me from rising out of the grave when I have Jesus and the resurrection power that Jesus, as He was delivered out of the grave, lives in you and I. Remember that. That power. How do we get into that power? Is simply say, Jesus, I need you. We start to draw from His well and not our own. When I start to think, well, how am I going to do this, and how am I going to do that, and how is this all going to work out, and I begin to think in the natural, guess what, Gary goes to sinking. Just like Peter when he was walking on the water, and oh my goodness, how can this be, blah, 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 he was going under. And I constantly need to be recognizing that it's he who he wants me to look to, because he lives, I can live also. My, my part is to believe. That's just simply believe. And expect. Look and listen. Watch and wait for him. He will come back for his church as he said he would. The day is coming. The day will will happen when the grave will be opened again. That's, that's in Scripture, just like we see Scripture unfold here today. We're reminded of that there's more to come, and then there's more to come after that. It never will end with Jesus. It's hard to wrap our minds around, but we know that there will be setback, there will be disappointment, there will be loss of life even in this life. And Paul wrote 
in a place in one of his letters to Corinth that the things that we see are temporary. Right? The things that we see, but the things we do not see are eternal. He was talking about the spirit realm are eternal. And so it takes the help of the Holy Spirit to discern. Discern means to see into or understand, discern what is really going on. And to live with that. But here the good news is that Jesus is praying for you. Did you know that? Have you had you got a hold of that truth? That Jesus is praying for his church, his people? It don't get much better than that. When you got Jesus interceding in the book of Romans, he, he intercedes. In Hebrews it talks that he's a priest who forever lives to intercedes. You see, I'm, I'm going to believe today because he lives, there is hope for tomorrow. Because he lives, there's hope for your grandchildren. I know some of us folks, are so, I know some friends of mine that they're worried about their kids and their kids. We, we don't always like what we see in the world. Guess what? The world's not going to get any better, but Jesus is getting better in us. That's what, has, that's what needs to take place. The church can still go advance. I had a pastor who was with him on a, on a day this week. We were together with a, a, it's our yearly prayer around the state, and they come together in one section. He talked about how his church actually grew through COVID. The last two years, extraordinary things have happened unbelievably. We can't keep Jesus down. Even if they lock us up, you can't lock Jesus up. He lives in your heart. And though we maybe go through testing trials as hard as they are, they don't take anything for granted or take, try not to take anything for granted, which, which is so easy to do. And really, all that I have, all what I, what I, I see today is, is just their gifts and to be used for the service of the Lord. It, we don't know when it could be taken away. We don't know when we could lose someone or something. We don't know that. But we know that Jesus said, I'll never leave you. And I'll go right with you, even though the valley of the shadow of death. And so therefore, because he lives, we can live also. And we come down to certain stretches of our life and we wonder, what is the next thing for us? Maybe there's some changes that have happened recently. And you're thinking, now what? You're thinking, well, now how am I going to? You know, there's just questions. Right? We have questions. What was like that then? But what, what, what about now? What will it be like when I get even further along in life? Oftentimes, we just need to hear these words. I'll be with you always. And guess what? It's not only about us. I find it more and more that I'm not just here for myself, right? I'm here to encourage others around me. And no greater joy than living your life serving. Oh, you get tired. You get, of course, 
You've got to find your balance, but God has purpose for you and I to get out of bed in the morning. For your family, for your community, for your people that are around you. The good news is this. The day will come when we shall see him. You know, First John chapter 3, verse 2 and 3, Beloved, now we are children of God, and it has not appeared as yet what we shall be. It's like he's saying, we don't have it all figured out. Paul said, I see it a mere dimly. Reminds you of some of the mirrors in head of my trucks. Dim. You only could kind of you kind of make it out, but you're not quite sure. It takes a lot of faith to drive my trucks. But we know that when he appears, glory to God. Friends, he's going to appear. And we shall be like him. What's that mean? We shall be like him. Our bodies are going to be changed to a heavenly body. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye. Think about Jesus coming back to life. I think it happened in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye. In fact, you'll notice when Jesus died, there was an earthquake, and it says people came back to life. Unbelievable. Whether they walked uh, and were caught up, we don't know. My thinking is they probably went on to live and then they died later. I'm not sure. What it is, what is it about our Lord? Wherever he goes, he brings life. Wherever he goes, he gives opportunity to get in. He gives you opportunity to say yes. And when we say yes, we win. Satan is defeated. We have a future. When he appears, we shall see him just as he is. Everyone who has this hope fixed on him purifies himself. Just as he is pure, we're going to come back. Musicians, we're going to sing one of the hymns of the church. I think you recognize it because he lives. I can face tomorrow. It's easy to get to thinking, what's going to happen? What is going to happen to our world? What's going to happen to... Our children, let's put it in the Lord's hands. Let's begin to believe. There's a phrase in this hymn, and I, I'm going to claim this for our children. This second verse says, How sweet to hold a newborn baby. Feel the pride, the joy he gives, but greater still, the calm assurance this child can face uncertain days. Uncertain days because he lives. And that's 
really the reason we can live as well.